TII, item 223, May 3rd, 2012. V is for Vendetta. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Golly! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by Hover. Please visit tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com to get 10% off your domain name registrations. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today and iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ricardo for sending in the music you hear in the background. Ricardo wrote, Hi, Rob. Just made a song with GarageBand on my iPhone, and I wanted you to hear it. Regards, Ricardo. Thanks, Ricardo, for sending in the music. And folks, I will try to remember to put the full song at the end of the episode. also want to thank Matthew for sending in the artwork for today's show. Matthew wrote, Hey, Rob, I created this using the camera app only one out of 259 caught a full lightning strike. The TII was added using Juxtaposer. Regards, Matthew. Well, Matthew, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Matthew's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 223, or if you subscribe via iTunes as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section, and also try to get it up on Google Plus and Facebook as well. If you have any artwork and or music you've created on your iOS device, and you would like to share it with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They? We have the following quote. Quote, The launch of Storm 3 gives Rem the long-awaited answer to the iPhone and high-end Android devices. Unquote. Michael Lee, Investing Blog, 16th January, 2011. What is it about investing bloggers and reporters that makes them so completely wrong when it comes to anything Apple and tech-related? Oh, and for those of you that might have been drinking something while I read that quote, I'm so sorry for the spit take. For promo codes on episode 222, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the apps for Laxomatic and IOMG. I will be giving out those codes shortly, so if you want more info on these apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 222 for the additional details. And remember, Everyone that sends in a request for IOMG will get a code. Per IOMG, the app, I have been playing with it for some time this past week. It is a neat app that lets you run a presentation slash meeting from the iPad where you can show a PDF version of your slide deck to those with the free app. Think of kind of like WebEx for your iPad, but more designed for speakers. Uh, There are buttons to allow those in attendance to give a positive or negative vote for your presentation and for them to send you questions. This could also be used in the same location or remotely. So you can do this from your office. If someone else has an iPad where they are, uh, you can go through your slide deck, kind of do your sales pitch that way. One use case that James Dev mentioned to me when I was talking with him is you could also load up a children's book in PDF format on your iPad and run the presentation, controlling the presentation on your child's iPad when you are away from home. Uh, The app works one-to-one without the uh, promo code or the key. Uh, Again, the the main app itself is free. The key unlocks it uh, for 10 users. So um, again, this way, you could do this, uh, like I said, one-to-one with your kids when you're away. You can read the bedtime story, which I think is kind of cool. Anyway, basic app is free, and the promo code key 
uh, he's given away will allow you to do a presentation up to 10 different users in that uh, meeting presentation. Again, everyone that sends in an email to todayinios at gmail.com with IOMG in the subject line prior to the release of episode 224, which will be the end of next week, I will get you a code for this. As always, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes and more to give away. Simply send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and please also include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. If you don't have promo codes to give away or if your app is free and you still want to get a review of your app up on the show, you can just send in the 60-second or less review of your app, again, making sure you mention up front you are the dev, and we'll work it into a future episode of the show, just not at the beginning of the show. For those in the New York City area, or really any area, and you're interested in learning more about blogging or podcasting or new media, I will be at the Blog World Expo in New York City, June 5th through the 7th. I'll be speaking at the expo for three different tracks, one on June 5th about doing interviews, and then two on June 6th about podcasting and the business side of it. Go to blogworldexpo.com to learn more. And of course, if you are going, please let me know. I also want to thank all of you for listening. We just passed the five-year mark for TII, with the first episode going up April 29th, 2007. Yep, that was a few months before the iPhone was even released. So again, for all that are listening, thanks for your support these past five years. Definitely a a big thank you to everyone who's ever sent in a a voicemail or an email. It really is appreciated, and I love the fact that you guys send in so much feedback, and I'm sorry to anyone whose feedback I haven't gotten on the show in the past. And with this episode being 223, I've now released more episodes of TII than I did of Podcast 411. So for those of you that came over as Podcast 411 listeners, even a bigger thank you going back to 2004. And now, into the news. There was a great article over on CNN Money today. This has to do with reports that when you go to a Verizon store or talk to a Verizon rep and say you want a smartphone, they will essentially trip over themselves to sell you anything but an iPhone. Okay, anything that is 4G enabled, that is. David Goldman, the writer of the article, did some research and talked to some Verizon reps, and sure enough, just mentioning he was looking for a smartphone, they all mentioned phones other than the iPhone, even in some cases poo-pooing the iPhone. In fairness, he does mention that when he said he was looking for an iPhone, they did not really try to talk him out of it. David, to his credit, did not stop there. He went to AT&T and did a similar test and found quite a different response where the reps at AT&T went out of their way to recommend the iPhone 4S. I find this interesting as it backs up what I've heard from listeners, but even more interesting is that even with Verizon reps apparently mind-controlled from Mountain View, the iPhone still represented over half of the smartphone sales on Verizon last quarter. Imagine what it'll be like come October when a 4G iPhone is available. Into the email bag we go. Hi Rob, with your suggestions and the excellent help from customer service at AT AT&T, I was able to unlock my old 3G. Within a week of my contact with AT&T, they sent me instructions that made it easy. Sometimes you give AT&T too much grief. Also, my local store provides excellent customer service. Thank you for your help too. Regards, Janet. Hi Janet. Yes, you are correct. Sometimes I give AT&T too much grief. But then again, sometimes AT&T gives too much grief to iOS users. That said, 
it does seem from this last, or actually the first news item today, at least the AT&T reps are promoting the iPhone, which seems a heck of a lot more than what most of the Verizon reps seem to be doing. Now granted, I'm sure there's some Verizon reps that go out of their way to promote the iPhone. Probably some of them are listening to this show right now. But it does sound like, at least from feedback I've gotten and from the research that was done over um, by David Goldman, that many, if not most, of the Verizon reps are going out of their way not to promote the iPhone. IDC just released, as in on May 3rd, the numbers for shipments for tablets in Q1 of 2012. While the iPad declined quarter over quarter in regards to total unit shipped, uh, 15.4 million in Q4 of 2011 versus 11.8 million in Q1 of 2012, Apple actually saw an increase in market share from 54.7% to 68%. That means the total tablet shipments, according to IDC, were just 17.4 million in the last quarter. But here is the part that is the most interesting. The Kindle Fire had its share drop to 4%. Not that it dropped by 4%. Their share dropped down to 4%. In Q4, the Fire had an estimated sales of 4.8 million units. In Q1 of 2012, that number plummeted to just about 700K in sales. If, and this is still a big if, but if these numbers are close to being accurate for the Kindle Fire, that really is the stake being driven through all those rumors out there about a 7-inch iPad or iPad mini or a smaller iPad or whatever you want to call the thing. The new iPad was released in mid-March. Today, in early May, there is still a delay in getting them shipped from the Apple Store. So if there is still a huge demand for the current iPad and the 7-inch, much, much lower-priced Kindle Fire is selling at 1-1-17th the rate of the iPad. Why exactly is it Apple would want to offer up a smaller iPad? Just saying. Hi, Rob. It's Matt in Beaverton responding to a question Ron had in episode 222 regarding photo stream not working on Windows 7. I had this issue too, did a little research, and what worked for me was I found a posting that said there was a conflict between photo stream and the actual downloaded Evernote application. So I deleted the Evernote application, just use it on the web, and that solved it for me. Thanks. Matt, thanks for your reply. We also had an email come in about this issue. Hi, Rob. In response to your listener that had photo stream problems with Windows 7, my photo stream stopped working, and I found out that I needed to be reset because I had more than 1,000 pictures in it. As soon as I reset it, it started working again. Here's a screenshot on how to reset photo stream. Regards... Jim in Lakewood, Colorado. Well, Jim, thank you for the feedback. And anyone who wants to see that screenshot on how to reset PhotoStream, just let me know. Send that email to todayinios at gmail.com and just ask for the PhotoStream reset picture. And back into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Per the question in episode 222 about iCloud backup, I've done three restores from backups to iPhones and iPads since its release. And it works perfect. All my apps are on the same page and in the same folders, and the settings are all retained as well. Regards, Jesse D. And another. Hi, Rob. Just regarding your listener on the last show who asked about iCloud backups, I have done a few on my iPhone 3GS, and they work well. They restore all of your files and game set state data along with folders. Your apps need to be re-downloaded, but this occurs automatically when you do the restore. 
All your game state data is saved though. If you have a lot of iOS data and apps, you shall need a reasonable amount of Wi-Fi data and probably at least an hour depending on your app collection. Regards, David M. Yeah, hi Rob, this is Ed Benson uh, calling from Chicago. Uh, about the caller who wanted to know exactly what iCloud will transfer over to another device, you know, once you upgrade from another phone or something like that. I've done that a few times now and it will transfer everything except any passwords that you have. It'll remember all your settings, your screens, your shortcuts, all the folders you set up, uh, et cetera, et cetera. It will remember your uh, email address and your settings and the accounts that you have. It'll do everything except the first time you go to use it after you've restored to your new device, or even if you've restored uh, you know, to your old device, if you do a reset, It'll just ask you if you're on exchange for your contacts to put in your password and, uh, you know, your email password, uh, things like that, which I think is a pretty good idea uh, just in case somebody ever gets a hold of a, a device and says uh, that they're you. They can't get into your email and stuff like that. But I've done that a number of times. Uh, it works exceptionally well. Of course, uh, you'd want to do that somewhere where you've got uh, Wi-Fi, a good, strong Wi-Fi signal. I hope that helps. I listen to the show all the time. It's very useful. And uh, keep up the good work, Rob. Thank you. Jesse, David, and Ed, thank you for the feedback. One more email on this. Hi, Rob. A listener asked about iCloud backups in the last show. The answer lies in the support article from Apple. There may be some minute details missing in the article as to what gets backed up exactly, but it is a good reference regards Robert. And look for the link that Robert sent me. It's called iCloud Backup and Restore Overview. Look for that in the show notes for episode 223 over at Today in iOS. I want to take a minute now to thank today's sponsor, and that is Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can get 10% off your domain name registrations and transfers. Beyond using Hover to register a new .com or a .net or even now a .xxx domain, you can also easily transfer in your domains you previously registered at another domain registrar. I transferred my old domains and I used Hover's really easy, really, really easy valet service to transfer those domains. Did I mention this was easy? Anyway, I just called the 1-866-731-6556 number, which you can find at tii.hover.com, and gave them my username and password to my account at the other guys. Six minutes later, they had all my info, asked me some questions, confirmed my current Hover account, and were taking care of the transfer for me. Two hours and three minutes later, I got an email saying it was all done. So now all my TII domains and other assorted domains are in my Hover account, and the old redirects were still in place. Absolutely brilliant. Note, when calling the 1866 number, make sure to give them the coupon code TII, that's TII, to get your 10% discount even on those transfers and even when using the valet service. There is no added fees for them to do the transfers. It is just a one-year fee for each domain name, and that extends the registration period you already had by one year for each domain, so you're not losing any of your previous uh, periods of time for any of those domains. I can say for me, the whole process was as simple and easy as can be. Just six minutes of my time on the phone, and that was it. So if you haven't transferred your domain yet to Hover, what are you waiting for? That six-minute investment in your time is well worth it for the amount of time you're going to save in the back end when you're trying to manage your domains in the future. Again, 
whether you are registering a new .com or .net or even a .xxx domain, you can save 10% on those registrations or 10% on any domain name transfers by going to tii.hover.com. That's tii.hover.com. Isn't it time you like registering domain names again? Thanks, Hover, for supporting this show. Previously on the show, we talked about how the iPad 2 for sale now is really not exactly the same as the original iPad 2, as Apple changed the A5 processor from the 45 nano process die to the 32 nanometer process die. It was said that might result in a slightly better battery life and slightly faster performance. Well, Macworld did some testing of the original iPad 2 and the new iPad 2, and what they found on the performance side was basically nothing. They perform pretty much the same. Some of the results were identical. Others were within 1% or 2% of each other. Per battery tests, maybe kind of sort of better for the 32 nanometer version, but hard to say because the 45 nanometer version they had that they were comparing to was a little older and had been through many cycles. So the long or the short, there was nothing really special performance-wise between the old iPad 2 and the new iPad 2. There is one store, by the end of the spring, you will not be able to find the Kindle Fire at anymore. And that is at Target. Seems many are complaining, accusing that Apple strong-armed Target to drop the Kindle in exchange for getting the Apple Store in a store that Target and Apple will be rolling out later this year. Okay, so let's just assume for a second that Apple said to Target, make a choice, us or them. So what? This is nothing new and done all the time. When you go to McDonald's or Burger King, guess what? They don't have both Coke and Pepsi, just Coke. There is an agreement between them to only carry one supplier's products. That may very well be happening here. And if so, kudos to Apple on getting a competitor out of Target. Exclusive deals are done all the time. Is what Apple is doing wrong? Well, only as wrong as not being able to get a Mountain Dew to go with your Whopper. But really, what might be at play here has more to do with just 700K in fires being sold last quarter than maybe anything to do with Apple strong-arming. I would say the majority of that 700K were sold online at Amazon, not at Target. So you're talking about minuscule sales at Target for the, the Kindle Fire versus, say, the iPad. My guess, probably it's a little mixture of both. Who knows, maybe even Target offered up the Kindle Fire as a sacrificial lamb to sweeten their agreement with Apple. You never know. And you know what? We never will know. On the last episode, I mentioned the app Bluetooth on-off. Seems that Apple's pulled from the App Store by the time that episode was released. Like a duck on a Cheeto, quack quack, Apple was all over that one. Now I did get this email. Hi Rob. There is another Bluetooth app that got through the Apple approval process. It's Bluetooth Manager by Timo, T-I-M-O, and it's available now for 99 cents. With this app, you can also schedule a Bluetooth on-off time. Regards, Tony L. in San Francisco. Tony, thanks for the heads up on that, and folks, I hope that one's still available when you hear this show. Hi, Rob. It's Laura in Nashville. I was calling with a question that maybe you or the listeners can answer, but I use the Kindle app on my iPad a lot. I know for the actual Kindle e-reader that it can read books aloud to you, and I wonder if the iPad app has the same 
feature because I can't find it anywhere. My grandmother just had eye surgery and hasn't been able to read, but she lets that um, the Kindle read aloud to her, and I wanted to be able to, to do that also from the iPad. So just curious if anybody knows if that's possible, and if it's not, if there is an add-on app that could make that work. So thanks a lot. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Hi, Laura. One of the beauties of iOS is accessibility features. If you go to apple.com forward slash accessibility forward slash iPad forward slash vision dot HTML. So that's apple.com forward slash accessibility forward slash iPad forward slash vision dot HTML. You will see what you need to do there. In most cases, if it can be displayed on the screen, it can be read out loud. Now, if there's some special feature that you can turn on inside the Kindle app to do it automatically, I'm not sure, but again, go to apple.com slash accessibility slash iPad slash vision dot HTML. Hey, this is Jim from Georgia. Had a question about uh, settings for the iPhone. Um, I always set my alarm every night for the next morning to wake me up. Um, and when I do that, everything turns to vibrate. Any alarms or especially emails that come through during, during the night, my phone vibrates and the screen lights up. Is there any way you can change the setting to when you set your alarm so that throughout the night you won't get any vibrations, uh, No, the screen won't light up, your phone will just be totally set kind of off or sleeping um, like me because I don't want my phone to wake me up uh, before the alarm goes off with a vibrate from an email or, or an alert and uh, my screen light up, this wakes me up. So I was wondering if there's any setting to do that. Thanks, bye. Jim, I'm going to have to send that one out to the listeners. If anyone can help Jim, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send us an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. On episode 222, an iPhone user wanted to have his alerts ring while the phone was on silent. Since such a setting is not available, the listener can import a silent ringtone, an empty M4R file, and switch once he wants his phone to be silent. Unfortunately, Apple pulled the URL scheme that could be used to go directly into settings, thus now making the whole process a tad bit inconvenient, compared at least to hitting the external switch. But the silent ringtone is the best non-jailbreak solution I can think of. Regards, Alexandros, a TII fan from Greece. Thanks, Alexandros, for your help. Back to the emails. Hi, Rob. I recently downloaded the TII app, so as to get the push notifications if there is something that is noteworthy. However, last night I did receive a notification that was on my screen from iPad. I don't know how to look at it again after it had gone, already gone off my screen. I also recall there was one show and you were discussing how to hard close applications and I really don't even know what that means. Can you help with that as well? Regards, Beth. Hi, Beth. Per the last item, we'll go there first before we get to TI app. Um, first off, uh, what you need to do to hard force quit an app, when we talk about force quitting an app, is double tap the home button and you'll see a tray of apps come up. What you then do is hold your thumb down on one of the apps until it starts wiggling and then you'll see a red circle pop up in the left hand corner. Just tap that and that's it. That app is now force quit. So you get the tray of apps to show up, double tap by double tapping on the home button, then press and hold down on one of the apps until they all start wiggling in that bottom tray, and then scroll through until you find the app you want to force quit, tap on the circle, and that force quits the app. Okay, now for the TII app. First off, thanks for supporting the show by purchasing the TII app. 
With iOS 5.x, one nice thing is quick access to past push messages. If you unlock the screen and then swipe down from the top of the screen, you will see the notification center. In there should be the TII pushes. If you do not see the TII push notifications, you need to go to the settings app, then notifications, then find the TII app, and then select it, then make sure notification center is selected as on. Also select how many you want to show. I usually put uh, for the apps that I have in notification center, I usually set it at five. So it shows the last five push messages that were sent. Of course, if you don't have iOS 5.x, uh, you can see old push messaging by opening up the TI app and selecting the alert tab at the bottom of the screen. It will have the entire history of past push messages, including if those past push messages had a URL link, it'll have that link out to those. Now I do want to say the latest version of the TI app does have an issue with the playback when interrupted by a phone call. We have a fix submitted to Apple, so when you see an update available, hopefully before the next episode, please go ahead and update your TII app. And of course, any feedback about the TII app, positive or negative, about any changes to the UI or any other features are always greatly appreciated. Your feedback is always forwarded on to the dev so we can better suit and tweak and adjust the TII app and other apps that we have over at Lipson Wizard to better suit you, the listeners. Hi, Rob. This is Thomas from uh, Malibu. I uh, loved your last show, and you had a question about people at funding Kickstarters. Um, I funded two. One was for a, uh, by Jot. It was for a, a stylus, and I was very happy to get it. Really great. I've been using it on my iPad. The other one was for a app called Dark Sky, and the app works fine. is as advertised. I'm kind of missed that I paid $15 in Kickstarter, and the app came out at $5.99 and on iOS, and it's not been dropped to $3.99. So I'm not sure if I just say I'm, a, I'm paying the price for being an early adopter or what. But uh, other than that, the, uh, I got what I paid for. So that's, uh, that's the price of the Kickstarter, I guess. Everything else is great. Love your show. Thank you very much for everything you're doing. Bye. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. Here is a cool Kickstarter project that allows you to make any pair of gloves touch sensitive. They are really close to their goal, and I would love to see this project launch. Being a motorcycle rider, this would be an easy way I can control my iPhone with the use of my leather gloves. It would be great if you could mention this on the show. There are only 10 days left, so I hope you have another show before this project funding's time ends. Search for Tap Caps, one word, at Kickstarter. Regards, Howard. P.S. Go Flyers. Hi, Howard. Thanks for the heads up on this one, and some good news for you. Tap Caps has been funded. They had a goal of 15K, and they are now over 16K. There is also now just four days to go. I guess it would help to explain what tap caps are for those that aren't familiar with this. They are conductive stickers you put on your gloves that mimic human touch, so your iOS device thinks it's a finger touching it and not the glove. Because it was the glove touching it, it wouldn't work. So for $25, you can get a set of tap caps. Estimated delivery is October 2012 just in time for glove wearing season here in the Northern Hemisphere. So if you're interested in this, search out Tap Caps, one word on Kickstarter. There are only four days left. And again, this one is funded. So if you commit, you will get them. A quick update on the refrigerator and toaster combo known as the Bridge. It is now at over $433,000 with 31 days to go. 
That is the Kickstarter project that allows you to click your iPad into a keyboard case, uh, creating a kind of touchscreen laptop. The refrigerator and toaster reference is per Apple's latest quarterly conference call when Tim Cook was asked about laptops getting touch interface, i.e. what is coming with Windows 8. And Tim said, you can combine pretty much anything. You could combine a refrigerator and a toaster, but it does not always make a good device or something pretty close to that. Anyway, it just seems that this project at least shows that there is some interest in said combo. That is the combo of an iPad and a keyboard. And speaking of updates on Kickstarter, the Pebble is now at over $8.8 million and growing with 15 days to go. That is over 56,000 backers so far. Simply amazing. If you own an iPad and you're a Spotify user, we have good news for you. There is now an iPad version of the Spotify app, and it is designed for the iPad. Well, okay, actually it is a universal app, but the iPad part was designed specifically for the iPad. Anyway, if you're using the Spotify app on your iPad already and you're just using that in the 2X mode, you might want to go ahead and update the Spotify app so now you can enjoy a true iPad user experience. Looking for that perfect Mother's Day gift? Yeah, me too. But in the interim, there is an iPhone carrying bra. So if you know your mom likes to go out clubbing and whatnot, this would be the perfect gift for her. The bra called the Joey bra, Joey being a per a kangaroo, and that has to do with the pouch on the side of the bra for the iPhone and the pouch on the front of the Joey. Anyway, I guess I could see this for the younger clubbing type crowd that do not want to carry a purse with them into a bar. Of course, every time she wants to check her text messages, she'll be reaching into her dress or shirt. Anyway, right now you can only pre-order the bra at the price of $19.99 US dollars. Expected shipping dates are June of 2012. Look for the link in the show notes titled iPhone Carrying Bra over at todayinios.com for episode 223. Hi Rob, this is Keith, originally from Reading, England, now living in Thailand. I wanted a new iPad 32 gig Wi-Fi to replace my original iPad. So as soon as it appeared on the Thai Apple Store website, I ordered it. That was two days ago, Friday 27th of April. Delivery was expected middle of May. It's now Sunday 29th of April and DHL have just delivered my new iPad. So I'm very impressed with the service. And not only that, it's £90 cheaper than if I bought it in the UK. By the way, changing the subject, um, I had a problem with my home button on my iPhone 4 and tried the solution uh, you mentioned recently, but unfortunately it didn't work for me. Anyway, I enjoy the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Keith. Hello, Rob. This is Philip from Titletown. Quick Cellcom update. The, the 4S with Cellcom, I haven't found anywhere that it doesn't work. I've been in basements. I've been in the interior of buildings where my other phone hasn't worked. I have yet to find a place where I don't get signal from Cellcom. One little bummer is they don't yet have visual voicemail, but I've been told by tech support that it is coming, that the next iPhone update should bring uh, or should enable visual voicemail. Okay, now for the tip of the year. This one is awesome. If you'll recall, I set my iPhone 4S up with iCloud and un completely untethered, And uh, but I wanted to get some ringtones and home movies and, and that kind of thing onto the phone. So I plugged it into my Mac. I was prepared to go and set it up for some manual syncing, and I clicked on the ringtones to sync, and it said I was going to erase all my music and, and movies and videos and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't really like that. So I called Apple Tech Support. 
and they gave me this awesome tip. You can plug in the iPhone, and you can even turn on the Wi-Fi syncing and then do it untethered from then on, but um, you don't actually, in iTunes, you don't actually enable any of the manual syncing. What you do is on the left in your iTunes library, you click on tones, or you click on movies, or you click on TV shows, and then over in the right, you, you drag and drop the ones that you want, and you just drag them over to the left and drag them and drop them on top of your iPhone that shows up on devices, and it just copies them to the iPhone. And it's a one-time copy. You know, it's not like you're syncing a playlist, but that's an easy way to get them there without goofing up any of your iCloud or, or iTunes Match or any of the other settings. So for me, anyway, that's the, the tip of the year. Again, great show. Listen every every time one comes out, and uh, keep up the great work. Take care. Bye. Keith and Philip, thanks for your feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Have you heard of this new jailbreak app called Navigate from Maps? When you are in Maps, it adds a button to the screen that asks you if you want directions to or from any given point. That lets you navigate with any of the other navigation apps such as Waze, TomTom, or xDrive. It will then take you directly to the app you set and immediately start navigating. I tried it and it works flawlessly. Lewis from Bakersfield. Hi, Lewis. Thanks for the heads up on that. Looking at the app in Cydia, it costs $1.99 and it works with, as you mentioned, TomTom and uh, app and MotionX uh, GPS as long, along with Navigon and Cygic and MetroView Australia, along with, as you already mentioned, the Waze app. This is one of those jailbreak tweaks we'd love to see in iOS 6. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I'm getting a new iPad and the kids want to buy me a case for this. I like the case that had the speakers in it that you mentioned, but it didn't say if that was compatible with the new iPad. Regards, Weave. Hi Weave. The case I mentioned was the iMotion Go XP, which is currently running at $97 on Amazon. Yes, it works fine and fits with the new iPad, which my wife has, so I've tested it, and yes, it does actually work in there and fits fine. The first time I charged it up uh, fully was in mid-March. It lasted with the kids using it pretty much almost every day. I think literally every day. It lasted until around April 25th, over a month on a single charge. That's amazing. Just make sure when you first get it, you fully charge it before using it, like you would any device, really. And as I said previously on the show, get a black Sharpie to cover over that crazy bright LED they have on it. I'll say this, though, about it. My kids love that case. Definitely one of the best accessories I've been sent over the past five years. Again, that was the iMainGo XP. Look for the link in the show notes. Hey, Rob, it's Dick in Canada calling. Um, I just wanted to call and say I noticed a new feature that uh, kind of just showed up. And I don't know really when it showed up, but just all of a sudden it started working. Um, it has to do with the App Store. Um, I've been reading a lot recently about Apple purchasing Chomp and actually at the fact that Chomp no longer works for Android users. What I noticed in the iPhone is the App Store previously, if you ever had an update to an app... You had to, uh, you wouldn't know until you loaded the app store. It would check all your apps or whatever, and it would tell you how many apps 
needed to be updated. And in turn, when you exit the app store, it would badge the app the app store icon with however many updates you have. I've noticed that recently, I don't even have to load the app store app and it automatically badges the app store with how many updates I have waiting for me. As in today, I had none this morning and as of this afternoon, I now have two updates and I haven't not used the App Store app at all today. So I thought that was kind of neat. I always thought it was kind of annoying for me to actually check the App Store to find out if I had updates or not. But now it looks like somehow Apple's added the ability to push the updates to your phone or at least the notifications for them. Thanks, Rob, for all you do. Thought everybody might enjoy that. Hi, Rob. This is Hanny from Egypt. Rita, I think, from Tunisia. She had a problem with her iPad and a subscription with um, AT&T. I had the same situation a couple of years ago with the first generation iPad. AT&T would automatically renew your subscription on a monthly basis. I was in the US for vacation. I got used my subscription for maybe two or three weeks and then returned to Egypt and I was not able to cancel it. And it appeared on my credit card. I tried to send an email to um, AT&T, didn't work and uh, it only works through with their 800 number. Uh, what Rita needs to do is to be patient with the 800 number until she gets a representative. What is interesting is that it needs to identify the, the subscription that she has. And that is not identified, I think, by the SIM card. It is actually identified by a phone number that is assigned to the SIM card and the iPad at the time you start your subscription but she can try, call through Skype, and that would be a no cost for her. I would like to review a couple of apps. One of them is SkyDrive um, for the iPhone. It's a Microsoft product. It actually gives you, if you have a Hotmail account, 25 gigabytes of cloud space. I've tried putting files on it. It takes some time, obviously, to upload, but movies, for example, the minute they are in the right format, you make you need to make sure that the, you're, you're placing them on the cloud in the right format. They actually stream right to your iPad at any place, uh, which is nice. The other app that I would like to review is Magic Plan. Magic Plan is an app available for the iPhone and for the iPad if they have a camera. What you need to do is you hold the iPhone or the iPad with the camera in the middle of a room and you start taking pictures of the corners and you point a cursor on the screen to the corner and you start moving the cursor at the edge of the room where the wall meets the floor and you start shooting these pictures at certain differences or protrusions of that edge. The minute you make a complete circle around the room, you can also identify the doors and the windows. And the minute you complete that circle, you can push a button on the application and voila comes a plan, a floor plan for that particular room. I think it's fascinating, very interesting, um, and uh, people should try it. My last question is on the um, iPhone 2G. Is there any clue for somebody that the iPhone actually misses calls, meaning that the iPhone receives the call, it shows the call as a missed call on the screen after it is received, but it never rings a bell and it never uh, 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 
uh, gives you any alert that the call was received. If anybody has a solution for this software or a hardware solution, I understand that this is a custom problem. I understand that it's also on the 2G phone, very old phone, but I would like to resolve this problem if somebody has a solution for it. Thank you very much for your support. Andy, thanks for the reviews of SkyDrive and Magic Plan. Magic Plan is one word. SkyDrive is also one word. You can find those in the iTunes App Store. Per your question on the original iPhone, and the issues you're having, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. If anyone has an answer for Hanny, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Hey, Rob. This is Justin from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. Just a couple days after the iPad 3 announcement here, and I've done the uh, big iOS updates to both my, uh, well, to all my devices, my iPad, my iPhone, and I guess what would now be my second-gen um, Apple TV. My question for you is this. I live in Canada, and... When I access Apple TV and go to the movie section, um, I was reading some notes that there should be a column that says purchased, which would show all of my purchased movies um, through iTunes. That column to access is not there. However, if I go to my uh, show section, there is a column that does show all the shows that I've accessed there. So I'm just wondering, is this a kind of some kind of regulatory rights that we can't view specific things in the in Canada versus the U.S. Uh, and how that works. So I wonder if you could be able to answer this question or maybe if any of your fans can answer the question. So I'm um, kind of confused, a little bit disappointed because I want to be able, able to access my movies um, and not obviously through airplay pushing. But yeah, hey, great show. Keep up the great work, Rob. And I always appreciate listening to your podcasts. Thanks very much. Have a great day. Justin, I'm going to throw this one out to the audience. I tried finding an answer on it, but just not sure. So if anyone has an answer on that one, uh, especially anyone from Canada, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or just record your answer and send it to us at todayinios at gmail.com. Hello, Rob. This is Sam from Michigan. And I just wanted to let you know about my experience with iPad third generation uh, with Verizon. What happened was I started up my data plan and when I canceled it, it ended up saying that I needed to get a new or a SIM card with a new data plan. Now, to get the new data plan from Verizon, you have to pay a $35 activation fee every time. Every time you cancel your data plan on your Verizon iPad, you have to pay this $35 activation fee. I just thought I'd let the listeners know. They may or may not know about it yet, but that is what's going on. Thank you. Sam, thanks for that feedback. I find that really surprising. I mean, can anyone else please verify that if you have the new iPad, every time you cancel out of a monthly plan with them, that you need to pay $35 to reactivate that? I know that wasn't the case in the past with the AT&T iPad, 3G iPad, and now the 4G iPad. So if anyone on the Verizon side can confirm that each time you want to reactivate your iPad after canceling out a data plan in the past, that there's a $35 activation fee. Would love to hear one way or the other, especially anyone from Verizon that's still listening in this episode. Hello, Rob. This is Steve from Houston. And I got a possible jailbreak tip that I uh, came across unexpectedly. Uh, I've been having some problems with my jailbroken iPhone 4. Like when I would open up an app, it would hesitate for like 15, 20, maybe 30 seconds. And then it would be okay to do whatever it needs to do and I've tried uninstalling stuff and putting stuff back on and it doesn't seem to 
have gone away. It seemed like it started happening after I installed uh, my 3G, but I would not be able to fix the problem. So I was uh, playing around in uh, Red Snow. One of the options on the main screen is extras. And after I uh, went to the extras, by then I had my iPhone in uh, DFU mode, and I saw something called fix recover uh, recovery fix on the extras menu screen. And so I thought this would just kick me out of recovery mode. But to my surprise, it uploaded some stuff, I guess diagnostics or whatever, and it ran through and uh, did a lot of checking on my iPhone. Maybe kind of like repair permissions. I'm not sure exactly what it did. It updated some stuff. And now that I've ran that and my phone booted back up, I have, do not do not notice any more of the stalling of freezing that I was getting before I ran this recovery fix. And the purpose of it is to, if you can't recover from using iTunes, this is supposedly supposed to fix things. But it seems like it's also fixed other problems too. So maybe this is something that a user could try if you've got some problems with their iPhone or jailbroken device and not sure how to fix it. Okay, well, I'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye. Steve, thanks for the tips. Folks, if you have any tips, tricks, comments, questions, app reviews, whatever you'd like to send us, give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. I want to thank today's sponsor, and again, that's Hover. If you go to tii.hover.com, that's tii.hover.com, you can save 10% on your domain name registrations and transfers. For those that want to hear me a little bit more before the next episode, I was interviewed on Jeff Rutherford's podcast, Appetite PR's App Marketing Podcast, which is all about app marketing. Link in the show notes over at todayinios.com for episode 223. Look for the link titled Appetite. Jeff, thanks for having me on the show. That's going to go ahead and do it for us today. As always, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.
Hey Rob, this is Chet, and uh, listen to you and Ken Ray all the time. Love your shows. Anyways, um, long-time iPhone owner from day one, actually, and I'm also a software developer. Um, looking forward to t today's the big day with the uh, WWDC, so I hope you enjoy that. Anyways, I have a question. As a developer, I'd like to write an app for my phone, and I'm not necessarily interested in paying the $99 and you know going through the official iTunes and the signing and all that jazz. I'd like to just sit at my computer, you know, write the app, uh, compile it, um, and send it to my phone and walk around with it without all the extra overhead. So I'm wondering if you or, or any of your listeners uh, know how to do that. Um, I'm assuming there's probably a jailbreak solution, but uh, preferably I. I'd like to do without jailbreaking. I haven't jailbroken since over a year now. And um, But I'm looking for a confirmation that even jailbreaking would work. So again, anybody knows anything about that, that would be awesome. And um, have fun again with WWDC. I hope this question is worthy of your podcast. Uh, have a great day, Rob. Bye-bye.